The advice and informational content does not necessarily represent the views of Mother's Market and Kitchen. Mother's recommends consulting your health professional for your personal medical condition. Hello, I'm Kimberly King, and welcome to the Mother's Market Radio Show, a show dedicated to the truth, beauty, and goodness of the human condition. On today's show, in the heat of the summer or not, you want to take good care of your skin. It's the biggest organ in your body, so listen close for the best way to have great-looking, healthy skin. Plus, later we'll find out what's new at Mother's Market and what's happening around town. But first up, joining us today is nutritional consultant and certified natural health professional, Valerie Hall. Valerie appears in front of thousands of people each year and speaks on a variety of topics, as well as giving many seminars at Mother's Market. She's such a wealth of health and nutritional knowledge that we want to get right to her. Welcome back, Valerie. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you, Kimberly. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Well, we love having you here. Before we get to today's topic, please fill our audience in a little bit on your background in nutrition. Well, I've studied nutrition now for almost 20 years and love to share everything that I've learned. I've been able to really turn around the way that I eat, and that has helped my weight and my health overall over the years. And I was able to learn what mistakes I was making when my kids were young with food and make some changes and raise them on a much healthier diet. So I'm really happy with my study of nutrition and supplements, and I see it as such a wonderful thing in my own life, and I love to share it with everyone. Well, we know that it is truly your passion, and we appreciate you sharing that with us as well. And today's topic is on skin health, and with such special focus on on skin problems, acne, uh, psoriasis, and eczema, it affects a lot of Americans, and I often wonder about the root cause of these problems. Well, the skin is a really interesting reflection of what's going on inside of the body. And these problems are not topical problems at all. They are an internal environment problem, much of which stems from the gut, from the intestinal tract. So a lot of what I recommend when people have issues of this type is to address that internal environment and start to clean up the gut, clean up the food supply, because that's another thing that can drive skin problems is a reaction to food, what we call a food supply sensitivity. So it's not really a full-blown food allergy. A food allergy, like when someone is allergic to peanuts or shellfish and they go into anaphylactic shock and they can't breathe, you know, they need their EpiPens with them all the time and things like that. This is not that same thing. But when someone has a food sensitivity, we tend to develop those to the things that we eat most often. And in the United States, our top food sensitivities are dairy and wheat Mm -hmm. and or gluten and uh, corn and soy. We're basically taught to drink milk and eat wheat with every meal from the time we're six months old. And so it's really the overconsumption that starts to breed a food sensitivity. And the flip side of that is an addiction. These are things you crave at every meal. So if you're listening out there, if you're the person who craves milk with every meal, that's probably your sensitivity. Or if you crave a piece of bread with every meal, or three or four pieces of bread with every meal, then that's probably your sensitivity. So it's very interesting that this food now starts to behave or actually the food starts to get interpreted more like a foreign invader than nutrition. And that's what a food sensitivity is. And it drives, it comes out as skin problems in many, many instances. Is that why we're hearing so much now about being gluten-free? Yes. Gluten is a problem food for a lot of people. For me, I feel just lousy when I eat gluten. I, I, 
became aware. I had done away with it largely in my diet because I'm a type 1 diabetic. So I did away with most grains because they were just turning into lots of blood sugar and that wasn't helping me at all. So that's one of the things that's helped me lose over 50 pounds over the years is getting away from grain. So I hadn't had much gluten in a long time. And then I, a couple of years ago, when I had even the smallest amount, I noticed that, first of all, it bloated out my stomach. And my stomach would swell to three times its ordinary size. And I worked really hard to lose that 50 pounds. I don't want my stomach swelling. It's not what I'm looking for. So that I didn't like. And then it kind of unplugs my energy. I feel very lethargic and tired when I have gluten. And on the other hand, I can't sleep well at night. I toss and turn. It gives me a lot of gas. It's just very uncomfortable. I don't like anything about it for my own personal use. Mm. Surprisingly, even more people are sensitive to dairy. Mm. And let me clarify that just a little bit because there's some confusion about what dairy is. Dairy is not eggs, <laughs> even though they often get grouped together. Yeah. Um, dairy is from chick uh, from uh, hello. Eggs are from chicken, and dairy is from cows. So, eggs are not dairy. And anything with casein and lactose. Casein is the milk protein. Lactose is the milk sugar. We hear more about lactose intolerance, but what people really are is intolerant of the milk protein called casein. Every mammal's milk is different. So cow's milk is different from goat's milk is different from human milk, etc. And so goat's milk is at least more compatible with the human uh, environment. And, and more compatible with human milk. So that one some people do better with than they do on cow's milk. But traditional cow's milk is a real problem for many people. It can cause things like the skin breakouts and even immune skin problems can be driven by dairy. It can also create a scenario in the body where you're getting chronic abnormal inflammatory responses so that you feel constant discomfort. It can also start to generate irritable issues in the digestive tract where you are, you know, constipated or have diarrhea or alternating or primarily one or the other. And mucus production is another thing that dairy causes. So when I look at kids with uh, ear infections or people who get sinus infections, sinus headaches, uh, allergies, even if the allergy isn't driven by dairy, dairy is certainly aggravating the mucus production. So even if it's pollen that's your starting point, whenever you have dairy, it still will aggravate it even further. So dairy is a, is a problem food. It's a reactive food for a lot of people. We are the only species that consumes another animal's milk, and we're the only species who consumes milk after we're weaned. So there are a lot of natural health doctors who think that it's just not something we should be even eating in the first place, which is really a shame because I love cheese as much as the next person. Yeah, <laughs> right. But they do. So, okay. So in answer to that, because I do too. Mm -hmm. um, and so does, yeah, like you just said, like the next person. But, um, okay. So your answer to, um, to the substitute for that. You know, what I do on, you know, if I'm if I'm having turkey and I want cheese with it or something, I use avocado. Avocado is mm. a great substitute for cheese. They also make cheese out of other things, like there's some dairy-free soy cheese, as long as you're not sensitive to soy, which some people are. Uh, so things like that. And when it comes to the milks, there are all kinds of good milk substitutes now. Mm. I'm not wild about the soy milk substitutes because they are 
somewhat disruptive for many people. But I do like the unsweetened um. almond milk, the unsweetened coconut milk. There's also hemp milk, rice milk. You've got a lot of variety of choices in milk substitutes, and they all taste good. Mm -hmm. So you've got a lot of variety there. But I use the unsweetened coconut milk and the unsweetened almond milk in my house all the time. And um, as far as the protein in there, they have, you're yes, also getting your protein. Yes, they have some good protein. They also have calcium. So they're an, an excellent substitute for milk. And um, and as far as with the dairy in the regular cow's milk, that wouldn't necessarily have that the protein that we would be yeah, it's it's a protein that's a problem protein in regular cow's milk for many, many people. And a lot of people don't realize it's a problem. You know, it's kind of under the radar that we just don't understand that the foods that we're eating on a regular basis are making us feel lousy in one way or another. And skin problems, uh, I've known many, many people with skin problems, and once they give up dairy, that is the key for mm. them. That's the big key. Sometimes it's gluten, but far more often it's giving up dairy. Across the board, every skin issue has dairy sensitivity in common. Mm. Well, and that was a great explanation because, um, yeah, if you pinpoint that. Um, um, and I, I think uh, maybe it's going to a doctor to say, I mean, it's like an allergy test, right? And they start pricking and then they say, boom, here. Right, right. Test. That's one form of allergy test, of sensitivity testing. Various chiropractors and naturopathic doctors go through different types of laboratories where you don't have to get pinpricked all the time. You do <laughs> one blood draw and send it in. There are a couple different labs, like Great Smokies Lab in the Carolinas does this type of testing. And what they'll do with that blood sample that they get is they'll mix it in 400 different Petri dishes, a little bit in, in each dish, and mix it with various foods, pollens, grasses, pet dander, molds, etc., all kinds of different things. And then they look at that under a microscope in six hours and 12 hours and 24 hours and 48 hours, because sometimes it takes two whole days for things to really start to get going. Yeah. And what they're looking for is how many antibodies does your blood make in response to that substance? Uh -huh. And they can tell if you're moderately sensitive severely sensitive, mildly sensitive. So then they give you a whole report on all these different foods that is really a much more sophisticated test than the oh, pinprick test. Rather than getting poked yeah. by this. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather not get poked all those times. Rather, <laughs> yeah, but exactly. but uh, yeah, certainly <laughs> for any of our listeners out there who are having some problems with their skin, um, I would recommend try staying away from dairy for a while. Try and give it a good amount of time. This doesn't clear out of the body right away. I'd say give it two, two months without dairy to really get a good test to see. Uh, you also want to beware, so you want to avoid milk, cheese, even, yes, even yogurt and kefir. That's the thing ah. people always say, well, what about yogurt? Yes, yeah. yogurt is dairy. So, you know, they've got all kinds of other fermented coconut water and things like that that are not dairy that you can get probiotics in. And you can also get probiotics in a supplement form. Mm -hmm. So uh, even though they have probiotics, yogurt is not good if we are sensitive to dairy. Mm -hmm. So that's a question I get all, all the time. The one interesting exception there is butter because butter doesn't have casein or lactose. So people don't react to butter. Hmm. Butter is the one dairy that you can have, even if you're dairy sensitive. And eggs. Yes. And eggs, yes. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to clarify that because that's how you started. And off. eggs, okay. of course, yes. Okay. Yes. Um, okay, well, thank you. That's very fascinating. Um, okay, so let, let's uh, talk a little bit about um, 
the long-term solution? Can we go to this, the medical view of skin problems? They, Absolutely. Yeah, okay. let's go to that. Uh, so they seem to address the surface of the skin with cortisone or prednisone creams. What What is that long-term solution? You know, those creams that are given by the doctors are temporary solutions, but they kind of drive things back down into the body. The skin is an organ of absorption and elimination. It's a two-way street in and out of our bodies. So everything we put on the surface of our skin gets soaked into the blood. And everything that isn't going out through normal channels of the colon, the kidney, the liver, the lungs, which are our other areas of getting toxins out of the body, if one of those runs into trouble, then we can start to have toxins come through the skin. It's just trying to find a way out. So if we just block that up with a, a prednisone or cortisone cream, we just stuff it back down into the body. But as soon as we go off of those creams, it comes back. So I don't really view those as a good long-term solution. I think it's more constructive to start looking at your internal environment, looking at your food supply, and seeing what benefits that you can make there. And then in time, that will translate into better skin. Because this is sort of like just putting a Band-Aid over it, right? Like right, like exactly. Short-term and, and solution. Short-term Band-Aid, but not a long-term solution. And I know a lot of people who suffer with skin problems get very frustrated at the merry-go-round that they get on of using these creams, going off of them, having to get on them again and again and again, and it just seems to never go away. And cortisone is another one of those substances that's very hard on the intestinal good bacteria that we need. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be one of our biggest defenses. So one of the things I always recommend for skin health is the probiotics. And we're going to talk about those a little bit later. Sometimes people have little holes and cracks in their intestinal lining that aren't supposed to be there. And then longer chains of molecules are getting out into the bloodstream and the immune system sees those as foreign invaders instead of as food. And that's when a big immune response gets built. And sometimes that winds up showing itself on the skin. Mm. So we want to make sure that the gut health is really one of our big keys there with the probiotics. There's some excellent nutrients to rebuild the lining, give us the building blocks we need so that we're building a healthy gut lining. Mm -hmm. Very, very important. Uh, So we've got a lot of different things here to, you know, to take a look at that we can really improve our skin with. Mm. And you you know what, and so I, and I'm, so this next question, it's, you've kind of touched a little bit about this, about the food reactions and the sensitivities. But I guess let's explain to the listeners what that means. You've talked about the foreign invaders, but can we expand on that a little bit? Yeah, the, we wanna, one of the main problems in the gut of all Americans is an overgrowth of yeast called candida. Mm. That sounds gross. It is. You interpreted that perfectly, Kimberly. It's awful. And I just had a a talk to an expert in the field who told me that he thinks about 95% of Americans have some form of candida overgrowth. Mm. There are different types of candida, but basically this is a a yeast-like organism. All of us have some of it. And it should be floating through the intestinal tract and feeding off of our good bacteria. So candida is this yeast-like organism that is 
very problematic for us when uh, when we don't have enough of our own good gut bacteria then the the candida has lost its food supply it feeds off the byproducts of our gut bacteria but when we take antibiotics or steroid medications or even birth control pills or drink tap water a lot and high sugar diets and coffee and soda, it wipes out our good gut bacteria and that removes the food source that the candida was using. So now it turns to us as its food source and it grows a root in the lining of the digestive tract. And that's how it forms those little holes and cracks Mm -hmm. in the digestive tract. And then it can wiggle through that little space and get into the blood and start to spread through the whole body. Many skin rashes are driven by this overgrowth of this yeast type organism in the body called candida. Well, that was an excellent uh, description. So um, we're going to have to get back to that in just a moment, and we'll continue with the rest of your uh, descriptions of these. Um, but great information, Valerie. Right now we have to take a quick break, but more on how we can get better skin and more with Valerie Hall in just a moment. Stay with us. Looking for healthier snack options? Mother's Market sources organic and non-GMO small batch, high-quality, great-tasting nuts, dried fruits, snacks, and candy. The goal? To provide you the highest in quality snacks while also offering high nutritional value. Fan favorites include non-GMO peanut butter pretzel bites, organic dried mango slices, and organic dark chocolate peanut clusters. Stop into your local Mother's Market today to explore all the varieties and pick some up to try for yourself. Let's talk menstruation, perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause. These shouldn't be taboo topics. They're the normal life phases we move through as women. And Solaray delivers support every step of the way with her life stages. The first of its kind comprehensive new supplement line offers doctor formulated solutions at each stage with clinically backed ingredients you can count on. Own the stage. Buy Solaray at Mother's Market today. And welcome back to the Mother's Market Radio Show. And we want to remind you that if you missed any portion of today's show, you can always find us on iTunes by searching Mother's Market or download the podcast from our website, mothersmarket.com. Click the link for radio and listen to past shows. Plus, download our healthy recipes and money savings coupons, all available at mothersmarket.com. And now back to our interview with nutritional consultant Valerie Hall. And we've been talking about skin health, all important, and so many things to talk about. Earlier, Valerie, you talked about the environment of the intestinal tract and something called candida. How can we make that a healthier place? Well, I think that, as I mentioned before, virtually everyone has some candida. So the things that can really help to fight that and get control, uh, the gut is a war for space. It's good guys versus bad. We want the good guys in control, not the bad candida guys in control, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. So enzymes, there are specific candida enzymes. Candidase by Enzymedica. There's a candida enzyme by Natural Factors that's very good. Candazyme are three examples that you can find at Mother's Market. And this enzyme will eat up excess yeast organism called candida. The organism of candida has uh, cellulose fiber around the outside, almost like a hard shell, and some protein on the inside. So the candida enzymes are cellulase that break down the outside and protease that break down the middle. So it tends to really be a good way to address it. I highly recommend the candida enzymes. We want the good bacteria in control, so the probiotics, especially the ones that are heavier in the type of probiotic called bifidus. Mm -hmm. Bifidus seems to be a better fighter of candida than acidophilus. So a bifidus-based probiotic. 
Oregano oil mm. is an excellent herb, and I just do about five drops on the tongue of oregano oil. There's a nice one by Natural Factors in the stores or even the Mother's Market brand. They contract out with a really good company to make theirs. So something like that uh, a few times a day helps to conquer it. Candida hates all bitter things. You've also got to adju adjust your diet to avoid sugars, starches, and grains. Fruits, no fruits, no fruit juice while you're fighting candida. Alcohol is problematic, so at least go with something like dry wine and be real moderate if you're going to have any. And uh, so those food-wise would be what to do. The more bitter things that you could get in, the better. Mm -hmm. Things like garlic and onions are good fighters. Those sulfur-donating uh, foods can be good fighters of candida as well. And you can even take garlic supplements as well. There's also some homeopathics for candida. I like one by Aquaflora that you can find, and there's no taste. You just take a capful in the morning and night. That's a really nice uh, helper. Coconut oil has some antifungal properties, so incorporate that in your eating plan. Cook with it. You can mix it in your coffee or tea. You can put it, uh, you know, use it in frying and baking. Mm -hmm. So your basic diet is going to be good oils, veggies and proteins that's going to be the basis of a good diet to fight the candida and along with those supplements that i mentioned above hmm. okay that sounds like we're off to a good start there um let me ask you this what are there specific foods to avoid with these skin issues yes each of the major skin issues has a set of foods that they can really have a problem with uh, eczema is a very common skin issue. It, it affects about 15% of the population. It causes inflamed, dry, red, burning, very itchy skin. The things that are the most problematic foods for this condition include dairy, number one, what a surprise, mm -hmm. citrus fruits, tomatoes, soy, shellfish, <laughs> eggs, wheat, and gluten. Those can all be problem foods for that particular condition. Mm. Psoriasis, on the other hand, is another fairly common skin disorder, but it involves the skin replicating too quickly. Skin produces cells at about 10 times its normal rate, and new skin cells pile up under the surface, making patches of red, swollen skin covered with silvery or whitish scales. So, and that can also be associated with a type of arthritis called psoriatic arthritis. About 40% of people who have psoriasis develop pitting and discoloration in the fingernails. So it always involves that internal environment and the foods that are really associated, that tend to be difficult for people who have psoriasis include some of the proteins. They have a really hard time digesting protein. So using a digestive enzyme with meals could be very supportive there. Choosing proteins that are easier to digest, like fish, tofu, and beans might be better. And uh, avoid the most difficult proteins of red meat, poultry, and dairy. Uh, sugar and junk food, fried foods can be problematic as well. And of course, dairy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so those are some of the things for Acne, this is an issue where the natural oils in our skin, sometimes there's an overproduction of them, pores can become clogged and infected, causes a red or white bump on the skin, and this can also be very associated with those food sensitivities. Most likely culprits are going to be dairy, wheat, sugar, chocolate, and corn. Mm -hmm. So those are some of the things to avoid with that. With any of these issues, 
Focus on the digestive tract health. Focus on your probiotics and eat a healthy diet, avoiding the sugar and the dairy in particular. Probably gluten and wheat would be a good thing to avoid as well. Mm -hmm. But at least start with that dairy. That is the number one thing that's going to be causing people trouble. Mm. This is very good information here. Uh, Let's see. What about the foods that should be included in the diet to support skin health? And that's, uh, I know we just touched on some of these foods, but what about like your omegas? Absolutely. The omega-3 rich fish, things like that, antioxidant vegetables, coconut oil would be an excellent core of the diet to really be focused on for healthy skin. Excellent. Uh, My last question for you. What are the, um, are there any topical creams that are natural that would be supportive for our skin? Absolutely. There's one by Derma E called Sorzima. Coconut oil topically on the skin is excellent. Mm -hmm. And you can get a big container of something called Dead Sea Salts that you can soak in in the tub or put in a bowl and then soak a washcloth and put it on the face for blemishes and things like that. Very supportive. It draws things out of skin. So -hmm. that's another really supportive topical that you could use that would be much healthier. (laughs) Very nice. This is great. Well, this has been excellent information. And um, again, this is all toxic free, too, I would imagine. Of course. That's what we're always (laughs) aiming for. And, you know, mothers does such a great job of guarding their food supply, you know, choosing healthy supplements that are really high quality. Mothers does an outstanding job. And if uh, if you listeners out there have priced supplements in different stores, you know that Mothers passes along wonderful savings to you. So I really love their philosophy in providing great food and supplements for their customers. And it's nice. Um, I'm sure that um, a lot of our listeners have seen you speak there at Mothers. So it's nice that um, you're joining us here today. Um, Valerie, thank you so much for being here with us and for your valued time. We appreciate your knowledge, and we look forward to having you on again. Uh, we can always get more information on your website, which is ValerieHallNutrition.com, and we'd love to have learn more about all of your nutritional, your approach to health and nutrition and for making us all healthier. We look forward to having you on again. Thanks so much, Kimberly. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to the Mother's Market radio show and for shopping at Mother's Market. The advice and informational content does not necessarily represent the views of Mother's Market and Kitchen. Mother's recommends consulting your health professional for your personal medical condition.